up our voices this morning and can we begin to repeat that together how great you are oh lord how great you are can we all lift up our voices right now and just begin to proclaim his greatness just begin to proclaim his greatness right now we love you oh jesus we love you oh lord oh lord how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger when i consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast made what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor when i start thinking about him today Folks, when I start thinking about His goodness, can we lift up our voices one more time? Can we lift up our voices one more time? And can we, can we thank Him? Can we praise Him? Thou madest Him to have dominion over the works of Thy hands. Thou hast put all things under His feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We have a right to praise him right now. If you have breath in your lungs, can you just lift up, can we just praise him for about the next two minutes? For the next two minutes, can we do nothing but just close our eyes Open up our hearts, lift up our hands, and tell him how good that he is, how awesome that he is, how excellent that he is. Lord, there is nothing that compares to you. There is nothing that is equal with you. But I give you glory and I give you honor right now. Come on, every voice, every voice in unison, lift it up. Lord, you are excellent. I praise you. I glorify you. I magnify you. You are wonderful, oh God. You are wonderful, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We glorify you. We exalt you, oh Lord. We extol you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Psalm 100 said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come before the Lord. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. For we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. He is good this morning. I wonder for just a few more moments this morning, when I mean everybody, everyone, when they would look out unto Israel and all of Israel would lift up their voices, you don't have to shout. But can we all lift up our voices? 
and let come out of our mouths how excellent is his name. Can we do that right now? Your name is excellent. Your name is excellent. Let it come out of every single one of our mouths. Your name is excellent. Your name is wonderful, O Lord. There is nothing that is like unto you. We praise you and we glorify you. There is nothing that can compare. Almighty God, we glorify you from the bottom of our hearts. We extol you and we lift up your praise. You have given us breath and so we will praise you, O Lord. We will praise you, mighty God, for your excellent mercy unto us. Hallelujah. Somebody shout to the Lord right now. Somebody shout to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of y'all act like you're nervous lifting up your voices. Lift up your voice to the Lord now. Thank Him from the bottom of your heart. Oh God, you are so wonderful, so precious to me. Hallelujah. It's wonderful being in the house of the Lord. I feel a lifting right now. I feel like the Lord is going to do something amazing in this service this morning. I believe that He has been speaking and leading us into a point. We rejoice everyone that has received the gift of the Holy Ghost over the last few weeks. We celebrate with you. I still remember the first time that I ever received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I still remember the first time that I spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God began to flow through my life. It is an experience that I will never forget. It will always be with me if you are here this morning and you have never before received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have never spoken with other tongues or if it's been a long time since you have. I want you to know this morning that God wants to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants to bless you with that gift this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you want that, he wants to give it. It's not about if he wants to give it or not. He wants to give it. We just want, we just need to receive it. Amen. And if we'll receive it, he'll give it to us. We're at the time of Christmas. We're at Christmas time. We're at gift giving time. We're at present giving time. Amen. And I don't know in my life if I have ever refused a gift. I don't think I have. I was taught one time, a man came up to me and, and, and was going to bless her. You know, he, he was going to give me something. And when he gave it, when he started giving it, I, I was, oh, no, 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 no. He said, okay, fine. Put it back in his pocket. I said, I was just kidding. <laughs> I was just playing right there. I don't know if you missed that or not, but I was just, I was trying to act like I didn't want it, but I do, I do, I do, I really do. So I don't ever remember any time that I've ever I've ever refused a gift. And every time that a gift has been given, we have always been blessed. And if our earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father know to give gifts unto us? Amen. He wants to give you the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost for you to have strength this morning. Turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter 51, verse 1 through 4. I want to thank everybody, and that's perfect right there. Thank you, sir. 
You've been such a great help. Thank you so much. And thank you for putting up the scriptures. The, the praise team, didn't they do an amazing job leading us into the presence of the Lord? Can we give everybody that has helped out this morning a hand clap this morning? The Grants, thank you, brother and sister Grant, for allowing us to be here. Can we give the Grants a hand clap today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 51, verse 1 through 4 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. I want you to see and hear the psalmist David after Nathan the prophet has come into him and the sin that he took part in is no longer in the shadows It's no longer in the dark, but now Nathan has come in under the guidance of Jehovah God and has said, David, thou art the man. You're the one that has transgressed. You're the one that has done this sin. And so this is the psalm that David writes upon coming back into the house of the Lord after Nathan the prophet visits him. So now we have a context for what David is speaking. Have mercy upon me. The first song that David ever sings, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Base it off of your loving kindness. Base it and let it come from the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever Before me. What David begins to do in this place is he begins to approach God in the deficit of his own heart, not able to stand up, no righteousness being found or even alluded to. He could not come to him in in a semblance of righteousness or off of his good works, but he comes to him in the, in the entirety of the degradation of his heart, knowing that what he has done has ruined lives, knowing that what he has done has caused murder to fall upon people. He is in error and in failure totally and completely. He is at fault, but yet he comes to him and says, have mercy upon me, O God. I want to preach to you from this title this morning, mercy 
always wins. Mercy always wins. Put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and let's go before the Lord today. In every heart, in every mind that is in this place this morning, God, I pray that we would feel as many has already felt the tender mercies beginning to surround us and your loving kindness beginning to lift us up, God, that we have felt the impact of your presence upon our hearts. We have felt your love and your mercy begin to surround us, God. I pray that you would continue it into every mind that is steeped in failure. We pray that there would be a release in this house this morning, God, unto every heart that has never received the gift of the Holy Ghost unto every heart that has never received the fullness of your spirit. We would pray that there would be an outpouring of gifts, an outpouring of your mercy this morning, that we would indeed benefit from your love and from your purpose this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and everybody shout amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord as you are being seated. What David begins to do here is he begins to approach unto God in the midst of his uh, in the midst of his heart being filled with uncleanliness. And so in in thinking about this there is something that I remembered in sitting around with elders sitting around with ones that have grown up in a different time era it's not popular nowadays, I don't think, to play dominoes or, or to play cards or do anything of that nature. But uh, some in, in, in certain areas, we would grow up and they, that is how they had entertainment. They would, uh, they would play spades or uh, they would play card games or they'd play dominoes or Mexican train or something of that nature, uh, chicken foot on dominoes. But... We would sit around, and in one particular game, I remember them. Uh, th- there was a word that kept coming up uh, that I asked, well, what, uh, what does this game mean? In simplicity, the word that would always come up was trump. Trump was the word that would come up. They would be sitting around, and I remember, Brother Grant, as they were playing dominoes, that somehow, and I can't remember exactly how the game would go, but somehow whichever domino, a specific domino that they had, that, 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 they, that was the trump domino. That was the one that you wanted. That was the one that was coveted, if you will. And so in looking that up, the trump in cards or the trump card or the trump domino is a specific card in a suit uh, in a predetermined designation as having precedence over all of the others. And if you have that specific card, it does not matter. I learned this in watching them. It did not matter how good of a run someone else had. It did not matter how strong of a hand that someone else possessed or the seemingly impossibility that that person would be beaten that had that good hand Whenever the trump card would be played or the domino would be played, it did not matter how good the other ones were, 
the trump was played and it held precedence over all of the other ones. There would be a lot of disappointment around the table as people had built up and thought, I'm getting ready to win this one only to have it yanked ungodly out from underneath of them because somebody had found or come into possession of the trump card. Amen? In James 2 and 13, it says, For he shall have judgment without mercy. He that showeth no mercy... And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. There is something about mercy that we have to understand today. Understanding that David in the midst of his chaos, in the midst of his his sin, he needed something that would combat the condition and the place of which he had found himself in. He could not talk himself out of where he had gotten himself into. He could not pay a king's ransom to get himself out of it. He could not go into his treasuries and pull out of those treasuries what would bring alleviance unto the weight that was upon his heart. What David needed was a trump. What David needed was a trump card that he could play at this particular point that would cause the sin and cause the mess that was in his heart to begin to melt away as wax before a fire. That's what David needed. And so James begins to explain why David's first thing that he would go to would be mercy. As the first words out of his mouth was, have mercy upon me. James says that mercy rejoiceth against judgment. In other words, that word rejoiceth literally means triumphs. That mercy has the ability to triumph over justice or judgment. When justice raises his voice and calls out that there should be recompense, mercy's voice calls out even louder and says, forgive them. Amen? And so James begins to say and tell the reader that mercy triumphs, or if you will allow me uh, the stretch of the text, uh, that mercy would trump uh, judgment that when judgment would come in, that mercy would be the one that would cause them to be able to get out of it. Amen? While the two judges are standing there, the justice calls for it and, and lifts up its voice, but mercy begins to chime in. And what the Bible shows us is this, that whenever mercy lifts up her voice, mercy's voice is louder and holds more weight than judgment's voice. Judgment might bring a railing accusation against us. And yes, there might be uh, misdeeds within my heart and there might be things that have gone on within me. But when I claim and grab a hold of of mercy, mercy always has the ability to triumph over the judgment that I might face. 
when Jesus Christ hung on the cross of Calvary and his blood was shed and it ran down and it ran through every year unto the place that I am in today and where we are living at this moment. That blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary allowed it to be that mercy's voice got louder than judgment's voice. That mercy would be the thing that would triumph over everything else. Amen? Are we on the same page? When God's mercy speaks, everything else has to be silent. Are we on the same page? Understanding that uh, if my heart condemns me, what does the scripture say? God is greater than my heart. So if it does not matter what is going on on the inside, I've got help from the outside. And the outside comes in the form of mercy. Mercy always makes up the difference. Mercy always comes in at that point of time and makes up the gap that I cannot cover myself. Mercy is there and it will always be there. Amen? Because God operates within mercy. Amen? So you look at this today and you see the way that David begins to approach unto God. And what began to shine out to me is it shows us where we should begin in our prayers when we are pressed down with the consciousness of sin. It shows us where we should begin. For David enters unto the house of the Lord with only one thing that could bring the consequences of sin or press them back off of him and David knew what it was. It was mercy. David knew the only thing that could get him out of the place that he was in. For in that time, the law stated uh, that you would be stoned because of adultery. You would be stoned uh, because of murder. But David said, I've got to find a place. Uh, the only the only chance that I have where I'm at right now is that if God would show me mercy in the matter of which I am a part of right now, maybe he'll give me mercy. And so we see in this how David begins to approach unto God. He does not start with anything else, but he starts with have mercy upon me he cries and I this is very essential this morning because I believe that there are those here that you have been carrying consequences of sin you have been carrying heavinesses heavy heaviness within your spirit you have done things that you're not proud of you've done things that you're not that, that you're not happy about there's things that have happened in your life if you're human any at all uh, uh, we're going to carry things from time to time but I feel the Lord coming through this morning and saying I want to alleviate you from your heaviness I want to alleviates you from your burden. I want to cause you to rise above the consequences and the weight of sin that has been weighing down upon you. I want to raise you up this morning. I want you to know that when you're down, there is mercy that can pick you up. I want you to know that there is a way out. 
for what you have gotten yourself into. So, David begins to cry. And what is so beautiful is notice that David doesn't begin to cry for justice. But David cries for mercy. Let me explain this, and you're going to see what's getting ready to happen. I want us to take into comparison for just a few moments the difference between David's response and Adam's response. Both of them were caught in the midst of sin, erroring against God. David is approached by Nathan the prophet. See, when God, we start feeling in our hearts, I've done, I'm not right. I need to get right with God, right? We start feeling that impact up on our souls. We feel the weight, but many times we don't know how to get rid of the weight. Nathan the prophet comes up and says unto David through a story, Thou art the man that has transgressed in what you have done. You are the one that has taken the little lamb, David. You are the one that has erred in this way. At that point, David's sin and his failure is brought up before his eyes. He sees there is error, there is a gap. And so David's response unto Nathan the prophet is this. I have sinned against the Lord. When God comes to Adam and brings up his guilt and the transgression, when Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, when Adam ate of that tree that God told that no one was to eat of that tree, God comes in, their sin is made known unto them. And Adam's response unto God is not a cry for mercy, but a cry for justice. For Adam's response is this, the woman that thou gavest me. Now, that's a great deal because, guys, we have been guilty for years of pressing off things on our ladies. Am I right? If there's anybody, it's not my fault, it's my wife's fault. If we're late to church, it's never my fault, it's my wife's fault. Amen? It's always her fault. Come on, help me somebody. You guys are scared to death right now to say anything, aren't you? You're scared to death to agree. You're, you're, you're wise too. Maybe you're a little wiser than I am. And so he says, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. God, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's her fault. What was Adam doing? Adam was pleading for justice. Justice would be, I didn't steal the money. They stole the money. I didn't take the jewelry. They stole the jewelry. It was in my possession, but I didn't take it. Don't get on to me and hold me accountable. Get on to them. That is the cry for justice, amen? So justice, then God turns to Eve, and with her guilt, what does Eve say? Some of you ladies, it's time to pipe up right now. 
Come on, ladies. Help me out here. The serpent beguiled me. The serpent, he messed with my mind. He lied to me. And that serpent that was there, he beguiled me and I did eat. In other words, it's still not my fault. It's the serpent's fault. It's not my error. It's the serpent's error. It's the woman's error. It's somebody else's error. And so what what Adam and Eve did was it was somebody else's fault. The blame was redirected off of themselves and onto someone else. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. But I want you to see today in the Scripture, notice how David starts. He starts in Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me. Why don't we just lift up our hands right now and say, Say it out loud, as loud as you can. Have mercy on me. Have mercy upon me. Notice how it's always in the first person singular. He says, have mercy upon me. I'm the one that is the dirty dog. I'm the one that messed up. Have mercy upon me. He says, wash me. Don't worry about washing somebody else. Don't worry about washing Bathsheba. Don't worry about washing them. It's not their fault. Wash me. Cleanse. Wash me of mine iniquity. Cleanse me. I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin. But instead, in, in with Adam, we don't hear anything like that. We don't hear Adam saying, it was my fault. God, cleanse me. God, have mercy on me. But what we hear from Adam is the plea for justice. The woman, that's somebody else whom thou gavest. It's not even our fault, God. It's your fault. You gave her to me, and this is what happened. I know I'm, y'all going to get me to laugh this morning because it is funny. You did it, God. It's not my fault. And it's not even really her fault. You knew who she was when you put her in my life. It's your fault, God. Notice the difference of the response, of the vocabulary that is going on from these two different men. She gave me the serpent beguiled. Listen, if my wife was being a wife... If my husband wouldn't have done that, if we had not been so busy, all she cares about, all he cares about, I just wanted to do it. I deserved this. I deserved to do this. God, if you would have showed up on time, I would have never got myself wrapped up in that. Folks, that's not a plea for mercy. 
mercy. It's a plea for justice. And justice will never give you what mercy has the ability to pour out upon you. We need to have the mindset this morning that I don't want justice, but what I've got to have is mercy. I can't handle the weight of my sin. The only thing that I can get out of this is when mercy is applied unto my life. I'm just going to walk through this the way that the Lord has shown me this morning. Mary and her sister Martha. In the book of John, Martha approaches unto Jesus. Lazarus, her brother, has died. There's a travesty that has gone on in their household. It has affected the depths of every single one of their hearts. They are in mourning over what has just taken place, and Martha comes up to Jesus. See, all it's all in how you respond unto God. It's all in what your response is unto God. See, Martha comes up to Jesus, and she says, If you had been here our brother would not have died. If you look at her, there I don't record any tears streaming down her faces in the, in the description in John. I don't read her coming up and saying, God, you are marvelous and you are wonderful. You are wonderful. And if you had been here, we don't find that with Martha. With Martha, we find a very accusatory tone that is transferred through the scripture to the reader. It is like she comes up to God and she points her finger in his face and she says, if you had done what you were supposed to do, then our brother would still be alive. And she and God simply responds unto Martha and says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. So all Martha gets is a response, a verbal response back of the truth that God and who God is and what shall happen. But then you notice when Mary enters into the picture. And the Jews with her also weeping. And there's something that comes through in the text. It's not accusatory with Mary. It's more of a commendation. If you'd been here. If you'd been here. You're the resurrection. I know you're here. If you'd have been here, death cannot live with darkness. Death cannot live with light. And you are light. I know I see this right now. I see this. So Mary comes up to him and begins to respond unto him. And Jesus, because of the response, she falls down at his feet. She falls down before him. And in the posture before him, she is saying, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. It's all in how you respond unto God. David could have said, Nathan, Nathan, yeah, but listen, if Bathsheba had not been bathing naked upon the terrace, I would have never lusted after her. David could have gone through all of it and said, Nathan, I'm a king. Everything is all right with me. Nathan, if she had not been there at that moment in time, if her husband had not been away at war, 
for. If the circumstance had not been the way that it was, I would have never done what I did. That was justice. Justice was, it's her fault. Justice was, it's his fault. It's somebody else's, but the reason why I love David is David never clamors, nor does he apply for justice. But the moment David comes into the house of God, he says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. Wash me of mine iniquity. Cleanse me. Why? Because I've got error in my heart. And the only thing that can begin to move it out of who I am is if I am touched by the hand of a merciful God. Justice will not deliver me, but the hand of mercy will forgive me. Psalm 86, I want you to get that up if you can. Whoever's up in the media booth, Psalm 86, God says that I am ready to forgive you. We have a God this morning that is sitting, waiting for the opportunity that when he hears your cry for mercy, he is a God whose ear is not deaf that he cannot hear and whose arm is not short that it cannot save. But he is close to us. He can hear you when you cry for mercy. And when your voice gets lifted up and you start saying, you know what, God? I have erred. I have messed up. I have gone astray. I've got a heaviness on my heart right now. But you begin to cry out, not for justice, but you begin to cry out for mercy. For mercy. For mercy. Mercy. Not defending your reasonings, but owning them and saying, okay, God, now bring mercy. I've transgressed. I'm carrying some weight right now. But have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Blind Bartimaeus sitting along the side of the road. What does he cry? Jesus, thou son of David, heal my blindness. Heal my condition. God, get me up out of the side of this road. I was born like this. Heal me. Never says one word about that, does he? But what does he say? What does he yell out at the top of his lungs? What is blind Bartimaeus? He didn't just speak it, though, sis. What did he do? He yelled it in so much, so out of character, so out of the norm. It wasn't the proper thing to do that the... Quiet down, quiet down, quiet down. And still he yelled the more. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not asking you to heal my blindness. I'm not asking you to heal my disease. What I'm asking for is that if you would just touch me with the hand of mercy. 
because I know that if you touch me with your mercy, my eyes are going to take care of themselves. My condition is going to take care of itself as long as your mercy begins to wrap me up. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Some of you are beginning to consider. You're, 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 you're trying it, and I know it's Christmas time right now. You're going back and forth. Do we need to put out the energy this morning? We need to put out the energy this morning. I understand it. I'm as carnal as the next guy. I come into Christmas service and I'm going, <laughs> let's just get through this one. We're not just getting through this one. We're going to receive the hand of mercy through this one. Amen. Some of us are sitting there and you've been carrying a heaviness and the Lord has stopped by this morning to say, I will release that heaviness from you if you will respond to me in the right way. All I want to hear is a cry from mercy. Wash me, oh God. Have mercy upon me, oh God. Don't press it on. Prodigal son. Prodigal son. Obviously, there's error that's there, right? Prodigal son, while he's in the pig pen, he begins to speak to himself. And he says, I had bread enough and to spare in my father's house. When I was living with daddy, when I was in my father's house, I had enough. My belly did not rumble due to the lack of food. I did not suffer the way that I am right now. So what does the prodigal do? The prodigal grabs a hold of justice and not mercy. In his mind, he says, I will, I will go to my father's house and I will say to my father, make me as one of thy hired servants I don't want reintroduction as a son I can work off my own accord I can pay for my own way make me as one of thy hired servants and I'll carry the shame and I'll carry the weight of my existence. And so the prodigal approaches the house of his father with justice in his mind. And when he comes walking down the street, the father runs out, sees him from afar off, and runs out and falls upon him and kisses him. And immediately, mercy begins to step in. And the father says, I'm not going to make you as one of my hired servants. I see that, you, that your entrance, the very fact that you have come back to my house, yes, he asked for justice, but his footsteps were plotted in mercy. I, I, I've got to go back to my father's house because I know at my father's house I'll have what I need. So he comes back in mercy. He speaks, God. He speaks, God, you should give me justice right now. 
You should give me justice only to be met by a father that falls upon him and wraps him up and says, bring forth a robe, bring forth a ring, bring forth and put shoes on his feet. Kill the fatted calf and bring the fatted calf out. Let's eat and rejoice for my son that was lost is now found. See, he wanted to come in by justice, but the father saw necessity that you're not just going to come in and be a hired servant. I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to reinstate you as a son of my house. I'm going to reinstate. Mercy is going to touch you. You went out in disobedience, but mercy is going to be the thing that begins to bring you back in. Just cry for the mercy of God. Have mercy upon me. Oh Lord. My first response with the knowledge of my sin and failure, is have mercy upon me, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful. Unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Not unto a certain demographic, but David said you are plenteous in mercy unto all that call unto thee. Folks, the only thing that's separating us from a lifting of the heaviness this, this season, this week, this, this time of year is that we begin to cry out unto the Lord and begin to say, oh God, there's some things I've been holding on to, but God, have mercy upon me. Oh God, forgive me of my sins and the beauty of it is is the Lord is ready to forgive you've got a God right now every eye closed right now I'm almost done you have a God this morning he's not getting ready He's not contemplating it. If somebody can come to the piano while we're finishing. He's not contemplating it. But he's ready to forgive. Right now. But Brother Carney, you don't understand how often I've erred in this manner. You don't understand Go ahead and reach for justice. Go ahead and carry it yourself and see where that gets you. That heaviness will weigh you down. But mercy will pick you up. You don't understand how often 
And I didn't know this, and the Lord just put this back into my mind when I was praying about this and preparing for this. I went to counseling with my wife a couple years ago when I started going more by myself on the field. And just every eye closed right now. I want you to just begin to open up your heart. Every heart beginning to just open wide up. We just wanted to make sure that everything was all right between us. We wanted to make sure that everything was good. So we started going, knowing that I would be gone more, started going to counseling. In that counseling, I found out something about me that was troubling. And the counselor looked at me, she said, Brother Carney, what's the problem? And I said, I just don't feel like God is receiving me. I just don't feel that all of the times that I've failed him and I've messed up, I feel like at some point that he stops forgiving me. And she looked at me and she said, explain that. And I said, I just feel that God is, he's up there in heaven and he's saying, really, Josh? Really? Again? Another time? Really? You, you haven't got this under control yet? I'm getting sick and tired of this. And the counselor looked at me and she cocked her head to the side and with a look of compassion mixed with pain, she said, I feel so sorry for you. She said, do you not preach that the grace and the mercy of God can forgive anyone? And I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She said, do you not believe that the Lord would forgive a murderer? Have you not preached that before? I said, yes, ma'am, I have. She said, do you not believe and have you not preached that the Lord would forgive a prostitute? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, there's no question in your mind that God would forgive them. And I said, no, ma'am. She said, so you believe that the grace of God works for everybody else except for you. And I said, yeah, I guess so. Except for you. He is ready to forgive right now. He's ready to forgive. There's a very solemn move of the Holy Ghost that's going on right now. Because I believe that we just dug deep. We dug deep just then into a place that you've been covering up. That nobody else knows about because you've thought the same exact thing that I have. But what you have to understand is there is a God that is ready to forgive. 
and is plenteous in mercy. I want you to raise your hands all across this place. I just feel like we just, we just did something just now. I just feel like somebody that has been closing your heart off, that you're beginning to open it up all over again. And I encourage you, I don't want to just jump through this, but I want you to really feel that because there's somebody else. You're not the only one that has thought those thoughts. You're not the only one that has dealt with those items within your mind. You're not the only one that has ever reasoned or processed what I've just said. That there's other people and the hands that are raised right now. If you if you have ever thought this before and right now you feel that heaviness that I've just spoken, that the grace of God works for everybody else but you. Every eye is closed. Nobody's looking around, but I just want you to raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand and wave it if you've ever thought that right now. Just wave that hand. Wave it. There are hands waving all over this place. I want you to give in to what he's trying to do right now. And can we lift up our voices all across this place and begin to say, Oh, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy upon me oh Lord have mercy can we lift up our voices right now all across this place I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have you stand up right now if you want to stand stand that's fine I'm not saying that not to stand you feel to stand you stand up but right now I want you to just begin to open up your hearts and begin to say have mercy upon me oh Lord have mercy upon me Oh Lord, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy tender mercies, according to thy tender mercies, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Come on, I want you to lift up your voices right now. And I want you to begin to express that you're not the only one. And the Lord has seen fit to come through and to let you know if you'll respond to me like David did and not like Adam. If you won't press off your guilt, but you'll own it and you'll say, God, here's my guilt and have mercy on me. I need your help God if you'll begin to do that there will be a wave of mercy that begins to sweep into this place that will overflood every heart that will overwhelm every soul if you will lift up your voice right now can we do that all over this place and I want you to just begin to pray out loud have mercy on me all across this place have mercy that every tongue that is in this place would begin to lift up your voice right now that nobody would be silent and nobody would would be exempt from saying it but from I, I myself from, from, from everybody all over this place have mercy upon me that I will lift up my voice as well have mercy upon me oh Lord have mercy upon me oh Lord have mercy upon me oh Lord I claim your mercy I plead your mercy God I plead that mercy I plead Can we stand to our feet all across this place?
Right now, I want us to just gather up here in this altar. We're going to move quickly. I know I don't, want, I don't want to extend this past, but I want you to just, I want you to just everybody. I want everybody to just come out of your seats, and I want you to just come up here and stand across the front of the church. If you've got to sit on the first couple of rows, come up here and sit on the first couple of rows. But I want all of us to just get closer. I want us all to come together, wherever you're at. Mighty God. If there is anybody here, every eye closed, nobody looking around. There's going to be two things that happen in this altar. Number one, God is standing ready to pour out a wave of His mercy, a wave of His grace. And as we begin to lift up our voices in the next few moments, we're going to let that loving kindness and we're going to let that tenderness just begin to move into every one of our hearts. We're not going to resist Him. We're not going to resist it. But we're going to give in to the moving of the Spirit. We're going to give in to the flow of His presence. If you have received the Holy Ghost, you're going to begin to pray in the Spirit. You're going to begin to speak with other tongues. Every eye closed. If you are here, the second thing that's going to happen is if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you are here and you have never before spoken with other tongues, I want you to just raise your hand. If you have never before spoken with other tongues, just wave your hand up high. Wave your hand up high. You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost if you want it. I want you to just keep that hand up. If you want the Holy Ghost and you want to experience this, you're just going to keep that hand in the air right now. I want it with everything within me. I desire it, oh God. I want us all across this place. It's Christmas time. And we remember His sacrifice. (laughs) It's starting to move It's starting to move And so at Christmas time Since he gave us the greatest gift A baby born in a manger Can we give him His greatest gift this morning And that's a heart That is completely open unto him Can we do that? All across this place. Don't stop, brother. You were moving into something. Don't stop it. All across this place, we're just going to lift up our hands and we're going to lift up our voices. And we are all going to let His Spirit begin to flow into our hearts. We are all going to let His presence begin to move into our souls. Every single one of us, wherever we're at, we're just going to lift up our hands. Everybody all across this place. Just lift up your hands to the Lord right now. Lift up your voices and begin to cry out aloud unto the Lord.
Don't stop. For the next seven minutes, just for seven minutes, for the next seven minutes, can we not, can we not be silent, but can we continue to lift up our voices and grab a hold of those tender mercies? Can we grab a hold of those, of that loving kindness?
left. I want you to just reach over. I want you to find somebody next to you. Find other couples. I want you to just get, get with somebody else. I want you to find somebody else to pray with that everybody just begins to link together today. That everybody, praise team, reach over. But that everybody is connected. Mighty God. feel something. It's not done. Church, can you intercede with us for the next three minutes? Can you lift up your voices, every person, and give in completely unto the Lord for just a few moments right here? Three minutes. But give in completely to the Lord. No prompting. Some of you lead in prayer right now. Some of you lead in prayer right now with the uplifting of your voices.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your tender mercies that the psalmist begged you for and wrote about and your mercy that endures forever. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this great salvation. I ask you, Lord, to go to each and every one as we leave this place and bring us back safe again. And I ask that you have your way and have your will in this new year for this church and this community. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. Remember, no church Wednesday night, Christmas Day. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly. And may the Lord bless you.